Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Midwest Mamas, just some friends finding the good in the world. I'm your host, Alexa. And I'm your other host, Melissa. This awesome music is brought to you by Aaron Moses. Go check him out. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening today. Alexa and I are so excited. We had the wonderful privilege to talk with the founder of Seiko, Liz Forkin Bohannon. And if you're not familiar with the company Seiko, you need to go follow them now and you are going to fall in love with them just like we did. So Liz, like I said, she is the founder of Seiko and she started this company to use fashion to create opportunity and community for women globally. One of their best selling items and what they're most well known for are the ribbon sandals. I recently treated myself to that for Mother's Day and I was super excited. And so the really cool thing about the ribbon sandals, not only are they super comfortable, but they can be interchangeable with the ribbons that you put in. So you could get white ribbon or you could get black ribbon or a pattern ribbon. And so that way you basically have one sandal, but you can interchange the ribbons to wear 50, 60 different ways. I mean, it's crazy. And so I treated myself to the black and then also got the white. And so I have like 30 shoes in one now. And the other thing is you can tie them so many different ways. You can braid them. You can wrap them up your ankle. There's so many different ways. So Liz spent her time just sharing the background about Seiko, kind of how she got started in this. And she also, Liz, is going to be writing a book. And so we're excited to hear more about that book when it comes out later this year. Thank you for joining us. And we hope you fall in love with Seiko just like we did. All right, everyone. We are so excited to have Liz Porkin Bohannon today from Seiko. And so, Liz, for those of our listeners who might not know about you, can you just first tell us about you? Just give us some information about who you are, you know, where you come from and what you went to school for. Yeah. So my name is Liz Forkin Bohannon. I grew up in the Midwest. Woohoo! There you go. <laughs> um, I grew up just outside of St. Louis. And oh, okay. I went to the University of Missouri, go Tigers, and <laughs> studied journalism at the journalism school at Mizzou. Oh, wow. Was that fun? Or like, tell us more about that. It was, yes, it was fun. It was an amazing education. I, you know, yeah. I joke that it's like I moved to East Africa and we'll probably get into that later to be a journalist and came home with a sandal company and never really used my journalism <laughs> degree in a formal way. Um, right. But I am incredibly grateful for the education. And I think I really believe that they're um, the principles that I learned in journalism school apply so much to being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, kind of yep. the, you know, the question asking and following the leads and being ready and willing to kind of pivot and change directions when necessary, um, the researching all of the things, um, I'm in hindsight, I'm like, I think that that actually was much more valuable than a business degree, because I think yeah. the way that it taught me to think and to communicate and to kind of pursue ideas and solve problems. I feel really, really grateful for. I did feel a little bit probably like an odd duck because I went into the journalism school and they're a really competitive, like it's, you know, in the top three journalism schools in the whole country. And so I was surrounded by a lot of people, kids, 
students from all over the country that were like diehard journalism students mm-hmm. and like knew that from it seems like the time they came out of their mother's womb, you know, mm-hmm. and yeah. <laughs> I was not that way. I was kind of like, I'm interested in like, I'm interested in journalism and communication. But frankly, it was like, I'm at this state school and they happen to have a, you know, a acclaimed program feels like great bang for my buck to do the thing that the school is like known for. Um, so I felt a little bit kind of like the odd person out, like a little bit of imposter syndrome for sure. And then, you know, was the journalism student that went on to start a sandal company. So there's that, but overall, yes, it was an amazing experience. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about Seiko? So your company Seiko, I know you said it was a sandal company. Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah. So I, after graduating with my master's degree in journalism, I moved to Uganda. I was really interested in issues that were facing women and girls that were living in extreme poverty and in conflict and post-conflict zones. And so um, I moved to Uganda really because I realized that after graduating from college, I was really interested um, theoretically in these issues, but I didn't actually have a relationship or a community that was actually affected by these issues. And so I moved to Uganda to do that, to really to make friends and to um, build community and kind of learn firsthand. And really long story short, I ended up just kind of through researching and through following leads and kind of traveling across the country, I ended up meeting um, a group of women in between high school and university that were really academically gifted, were testing into college, but couldn't afford to go. And so Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, this kind of like huge massive like meta you know issue of women and girls and gender inequality became super narrow and focused for me it was kind of about like how do we bridge this nine month gap between high school and university to create opportunity for these women to go on to further their education and ultimately then to become leaders in their community and in our world and so um I started a um a charity and then it's very long story and we could have a whole podcast about this you can read I'm actually just turned in the manuscript for my book which is coming out this fall so there's um more backstory in there as well but um I became really convinced that we need to be creating marketplace solutions for these problems that kind of typically get left to the nonprofit sector. So thinking about how are we growing jobs? How are we um, creating sustainable, fair wage, dignified employment opportunities? How are we investing in trade and export and infrastructure? And um, and so that kind of put me down a whole nother path. And then I tried to start a chicken farm and that failed pretty miserably. Oh, a uh, chicken farm. <laughs> yes. yes. Very sexy. I know. I know. Um, And then I had made a pair of sandals when I was in college, literally out of like flip flops and ribbon because I wanted a pair of flip flops that didn't flop. And uh, when I I had zero interest, by the way, in anything fashion related. In fact, I thought that if you were interested in fashion, you know, I was this like bleeding heart human rights journalists want to be and thought if you were interested in fashion, you were like shallow and materialistic and you had, you know, no idea what was happening in the Middle East. Um, And so I was not into fashion, but I had these sandals and was just kind of like, okay, I don't know what something we could do or make that we could sell that we could export to the U.S. And um, these sandals came to mind and started kind of prototyping those and ended up hiring three young women, Mary, Mercy, and Rebecca, and taught them how to make the sandals and was basically like, okay, ladies, here's the deal. If you make these sandals for the next nine months, I promise you'll earn enough money to go to college in the fall. 
and they were like, okay. And I was like, okay. And I, um, came back home to the U S with like a bunch of suitcases full of sandals and started selling them out of the back of my car. Oh, that is crazy. And so, yeah, it has been quite, it has been quite a journey. So that was 10 years ago. So we started selling the sandals. People loved them. They loved the product because our flagship sandal, which is still to this day, one of our number one revenue drivers is um, it's got like a leather base and then it has these interchangeable fabric straps that you can tie and style in all these different ways. And they're really unique and they're super Mm -hmm. fun. Um, And so people were loving the product and then really compelled by this idea that they were becoming a part of this story. Um, that's a lot bigger and more exciting than I bought a pair of sandals at Target. Um, right. And so over the over the course, basically the next several years, we um, developed our catalog. So we we are now no longer a sandal company. We sell sandals and we do really gorgeous, beautiful leather goods, handbags, leather backpacks, luggage, um, apparel, jewelry. We, we're a full on lifestyle brand. And then um, we have pivoted pretty massively in the last three years and that we used to be a pretty traditional retail brand, meaning we sold the stores and stores went and then sold to their customers. And okay. now we are a social selling model. So we now have a network of women all across the U.S. Um, we have taken the product off of the shelves of local stores and put them into the hands of women in their community. And we have everything from, you know, stay at home moms who have three kids under the age of five and want to have uh, an avenue for uh, finding community and feeling like they're a part of something that is keeping them connected to the bigger world and helping them maybe earn a little bit of a side income all the way to women who are replacing their full-time incomes and doing Seiko full-time to pediatricians and public housing lawyers who are like, this is a really fun side hustle where I get to earn beautiful product and sit around and um, share this awesome story and drink wine with my girlfriends. And yeah, uh, hello. really, really, really fun, fun last couple years as we've been starting to get um, this new model kind of up and running in a really cool way that we've just seen like really full circle impact, Um, not just with our sisters in East Africa, but now also um, with women here in the U.S. Well, that's amazing. And it like sounds, you know, like listening, it's like, oh, that sounds like it happened so quick. But like you said, like that was 10 years ago and just the journey must have not, you know, just been like, oh, and then we just did this and this, you know, like, so what were just some of the first steps you had to do to get your company up and running? So for me, the first, I mean, the, the focus of the first honestly, probably four or five years was the production side. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew that we wanted um, to make beautiful product that was quality, that was on trend, that was made out of great materials. But I also knew we wanted to have a lot of control over how people are treated and what, you know, wages they're earning and the culture of that environment. And so we, that means we had to just build it from scratch. We had to do it ourselves in building a manufacturing company from ground zero is not easy. (laughs) Um, And there's a lot that goes into it. So I, I, in some ways kind of feel like I've built two companies. We've built a manufacturing production company in East Africa. And then we've built um, the U S side of our company is a lot more kind of on the brand sales distribution side of things. So, so for me, it was the, the focus of the first several years was on the product was on the manufacturing was on the production was on the impact, you know, like kind of figuring out, okay, 
How do we make the greatest impact? Who are the partners that we want to work with? What is the model we want to use? A ton of learning, frankly, a lot of mistakes, you know, spending a lot of time going on coffee dates and informational meetings with Ugandans and people in the community and kind of saying, okay, like, this is what I see. This is my instinct. Help me understand where am I right? Where am I off? Um, And so really um, that was the, that was kind of the beginning season. And now we're in a season where our manufacturing is frankly kind of on lockdown. It's awesome. Like we have, wow, you guys, I just wish that you could come. I just got back from Uganda about two weeks ago. I was able to take 10 of our top sellers over to Uganda to meet the team and, you know, learn more about their colleagues over there and how the products made. And then of course, you know, go on safari and it was just an amazing adventure. Um, but it's like, it's such a, our team over there, all Ugandan led, it's just excellent. It's just like you walk in and it's this magical mix of like, just excellent, super high quality, no BS, like deliveries on time, just like very excellent. But also, um, there's just such a sense of community and support and sisterhood, um, around this kind of common vision that we all have for creating opportunities for uh, women to become leaders in their community. And so once our manufacturing kind of got to this really awesome place, we were able to kind of revisit the U.S. side of the business and think about the impact we wanted to make here. Um, And that has kind of been the focus of the last three years. Wow. That is so neat. Yeah. So when you started all of this, you did move to Uganda, correct, for a short period of time? Yeah, so I moved to Uganda with like a one-way ticket, had no idea. I don't know what I was doing. I mean, I think I thought maybe I would like start in Uganda and then travel around like East Africa, up to North Africa, over to the Middle East, end up in Southeast Asia. I don't, it was like, you guys, no plan, no vision, just like go. How Um, was that with like no idea where to go or where to begin? It was amazing. It was so amazing. And I have become so passionate. Actually, a really big focus of the book is this concept of we are so obsessed with plans and with figuring things out and with knowing what it's going to look like that not only um, do I think it actually, one, sometimes it just keeps us from doing the dang thing because Mm -hmm. we forget to that point. Two, if we actually do get over the hump to do the thing, I think it's actually a... um, I think it is a much healthier posture to show up, especially in a culture or place that is not your home culture mm-hmm. or place of origin, having no idea what you're doing. Yeah. Because I think that puts you in a place where you have no delusions of like, I have the answers. I know what I'm doing. I right. meet so many people that will spend like years pontificating and fundraising and strategizing. And it's like, you've never even been there. Like, or you've been there for like a two week trip and now you're coming home and sitting in a room with a bunch of people who are entirely unaffected by that issue to come up with your like airtight plan. And here's what yeah. happens. What happens is when then you go back and you try to implement said plan and it in and it may not be having um, the effect that you want it to be. You mm-hmm. are so invested at that point in your ideas and like, well, I studied this. Well, I fundraised for this. Well, I have I have this strategic plan that we don't listen to the cues um, and the stakes become really high to hold on to your idea and to have kind of like a white knuckle grip on it. Mm -hmm. And what in hindsight I'm so grateful for is that when I showed up in Uganda, I just basically felt like such an aimless loser 
that like <laughs> there was no there was no delusion of grandeur, right? I was like, I have no money, I have no plans, no one, I've nothing, I have nothing to offer. So yeah. then when I kind of like started listening to the and kind of coming up with this different idea, like you know, I had this so immediately thought, okay, duh, I'm an American in Africa, we should start a charity. And my Ugandan friends were like, ooh, maybe not. It was pretty, <laughs> frankly, like easy for me to let go of that because I was like, OK, that's cool. I've been working on this idea for like a whopping three weeks now. It's pretty easy for me to let go of that. Tell me more about why I should go in a different direction. And yeah. so, you know, I'm just the, like the la- the other week I was speaking at a conference and this sweet couple came up to me and I just had given like a 45 minute talk and like so much of it was about this concept of like kind of design thinking and showing yeah. up without a solution in mind. <laughs> and then this couple came up to me and like, we just have a heart for Africa. And, um, you know, we have this trip planned in 2022 and, you know, we're working on our, you know, strategic plans now and like, what should we do? And I was uh-huh. like, literally did you not hear a word that I just right. said I was like don't, don't literally don't do anything like yeah. literally just go and like yep. be humble and be curious and listen and have a posture of partnership um do not come up with do not come in hand with your strategic plans no one needs that no one wants that like if you're going go make relationships go build community and yep. let something come out of that and so that being said, I didn't feel that in the moment. What I felt in the moment was like, I'm such a loser without a plan and I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. And in hindsight, I'm like, that was awesome. I hope, I wish everybody could have yeah. a time when they actually just felt like a loser and then realized like, no, it's awesome that you're in that place. Yeah, that is so cool. And in June, I'm going to El Salvador with some people oh, wow. from my church and we are just going to love on the orphans. And when you told about that old the the older couple like coming being like well here what should be our plan like that's what my grandpa's like well what are you gonna do and I'm like not like we're just gonna be with the orphans and he's like but what like he you know like has that mindset like well you should have a plan like on what you're gonna do and like I think that is so important like you said like when you're going into someone else's culture like to not come Americanize it because I think that's easy to do be like oh well let's paint and let's, you know, like that will fix their problems. And when really they just need those relationships and that that can do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely encourage you. You're not asking for my advice. Um, but if the local organizations that you're working with um, trying to get connected and to support groups that are really working on family preservation, mm-hmm. uh, it could be, you know, the in and out kind of flux in the orphanage world, specifically with like foreign visitors, um, mm-hmm. I would just encourage you to really make sure that you're working with a local partner who's really thinking critically about that. Um, because sometimes the implication of just having like a constant flow of visitors, um, yeah. on kids that are coming and going can actually be really difficult. Um, because mm-hmm. you know, in the same way that it's like, I'm thinking all, you know, when a teacher leaves my kid's school and I'm thinking about like turnover and his security mm-hmm. and like really yeah. similar for kids in, actually even probably important because those kids typically come from a background of you know a lot of trauma and so uh yeah I would just really encourage you on the ground to be working with partners that are thinking really about how are how are we doing this in a way that's best for the kids long term but then also hopefully thinking about um if El Salvador is anything like Uganda 
A mm-hmm. lot of those kids orphanages actually are not orphans. And that's something to right. keep in mind. Correct. A lot yeah. a lot of people don't know. You know, they actually have families and their families mm-hmm. are living in extreme poverty and they can't take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they send them to these orphanages because of course that's what, you know, anything to help your kids survive and hopefully thrive. Um, so really working with organizations that are attempting to say like, okay, best case scenario, these kids are back with their families and we're actually providing support for their families to be the ones who get to love on their kids as opposed to that kind of a volunteer job. So anyway, Mm -hmm. you didn't ask for that. And that was a huge mouthful, but, um, no, 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 you're fine. And that like complete, and it is, um, the organization they're called hands of hope and we do work specifically like with one um like home every time like so it's like a yearly thing because that like what you were saying like that is so important to not just be like let's just go to this random home this time and next year we'll go to this random home and but in El Salvador I think they are trying to get most of those kids back with families you know like and really encouraging instead of like adoption out of the country like keeping their kids with their families and like that reunification is so important yeah Oh, goodness. Well, that could be a whole nother conversation. But <laughs> so back, back to Seiko. So what um, are just you mentioned kind of some of the products you offer. What are some of your best sellers? Oh, my gosh. So, OK, in every category in the footwear department, crazy, but ribbon sandals. So those are the ones that are, you know, have the strappy yeah. straps are still our number one seller. Although my personal favorite is um just like a really simple leather slide that we have. It's just like caramel and black leather. Oh, okay. Super great for moms. Cause you're like, I just literally keep mine by the back door, but they feel a little bit more like chic and sophisticated than a pair of flip flops. So mm-hmm. I love those. Um, we also have a custom sandal platform, which is really fun. You can hop online, you can pick your color, you can monogram, oh. you can feed, you can do the whole nine yards. And it will be um, delivered with a handwritten letter from the woman who made it. So it's like a really cool, just cool experience. Um, Then we have a product. Our convertible tote um, is amazing. It is an awesome bag. It's like a higher end leather bag. I think it retails for $250. All leather. It'll last you literally for 20 years. But it's got, um, it's big enough for a laptop. It can be worn as a backpack. It can be worn as like a messenger bag. It can be a more traditional like wear it on your arm, handbags, yeah. that's our best-selling bags. Um, one of our best-selling apparel items is we have something called the multi-way shawl. And it is like this awesome flowy thing that you can wear as a shawl. You can wear it as a scarf. You can tie it up and wear it as a blouse. It can be a nursing cover. It can be a shade over your stroller. It's kind of like all of wow. the things. But it looks really like polished and um cheek and they come in like great patterns and a like super buttery soft um fabric that has like a really great drape um so those are probably like in all of our key oh and in our jewelry we have something called our brave collection which is mm-hmm. essentially like a not your grandma's charm bracelet um <laughs> so it's like a really beautiful brass bracelet you can add these charms but instead of them being you know they're like made out of like glass beads and really cool stones and each of them has like um, a symbol to them. So instead of like, uh, you know, flip flop for the beach, it would be something more like strength or perseverance. Um, oh, wow. so it's like a really, that's our best selling gift piece because it's a really, it's oh. just like a really beautiful way 
to, uh, you know, I just gave my friend one and it had, you know, motherhood and strength and vulnerability and then the initials for four of her babies. And so it's a really, really great um, kind of personalized gift giving option. And that is definitely our number one seller in the, in the jewelry department. Oh, I love that. And I just got the ribbon sandals yesterday, Liz. And oh, I was yucky. yes, oh my and gosh. yeah, so I convinced, yeah, I convinced my husband. I said, "I this could be my Mother's Day present," and he was like, "Alrighty." And I so, yeah, I got the brown ones, and then I ordered also like the white ribbon, so that wow. I was like, "So really, I'm getting like two different colors of shoes, yeah, and you yep. can wear them so many different ways." <laughs> yeah, so it's like actually like thirty. Exactly. What's amazing is that when you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to this like garden wedding in June, you can hop online, buy a $15 pair of straps, and it'll look like you have an entirely different sandal uh, yeah. because the bases will last you literally forever. We actually have a strain happening in our internal, in our fellow's Facebook page right now where people are posting their OG uh-huh. Seikos. And we literally have people that are posting their sandals from like 2010, 2011. Um, so they really do, you, you invest in, in the base and they're going to last you forever. And then you can just, when your straps get a little worn out or you're feeling the need for a new poppy color, just yeah. get a new pair of straps. I'm so and excited. That's, awesome. yeah. that's so nice because I feel like flip-flops in general last like a couple months, the normal ones, yeah. you know, the cheap <laughs> ones and you just like your foot goes right through them and you have to get new ones every single summer and it yeah. stinks. So Yep. Yep, it does, but no longer. No longer. So <laughs> one thing that is so cool is that you oh, yeah. were on Shark Tank, which Woo-hoo! is awesome. So can you tell us about your experience and like how you got there and what it was actually like or what was it like, you know, yeah. being on there without like, you know, like looking at all the TV stuff? Was With it like sharks? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was wild. It was a wild, wild experience. Um. I mean, we got on there just by the way everybody else does. I mean, I just hopped online, <laughs> wrote out an application, made a video, and then honestly didn't think that much about it for like, and I just never heard back from anybody. And then it was like nine months later, something crazy. Oh, wow. They called and they were like, hey, we're moving on to the next stage. And so it's a whole deal. It's a whole process. But it was awesome. It was an amazing experience. I've never been so nervous in my entire life. I yeah. vomited the entire way down to LA. Um, was like, oh my gosh. Really? Oh yeah. Then they lost my bag. So I was like in a oh. hotel room, like Delta had like, or whatever airline, I think it was Delta gave me like this oversized t-shirt it was the only thing that I had. Cause I, anyway, it was like, I was so nervous. <laughs> yeah. Oh um, and it was awesome. Like, I mean, it's just kind of crazy. They're like, literally, once we say go, anything can happen and we will not stop the cameras. So just know that. Literally, I remember our wow. producer said, he was like, if that light fell over and hit you in the head, we wouldn't stop or anything. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. No yeah. pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like, all right. Um, so you didn't get, like, multiple takes. It was just, like, one oh, and done. No. No, but then, you know, they get to do their takes because it's like we filmed for like almost an hour and then they edit that down to like a 12 minute segment. Really? really, Oh, yeah, yeah. You're getting like you're getting a highly curated version of the story, which is fine. 
Like at the end of the day, no one would watch the show if they were, you know, there's like a lot of it is like boring and not good. And so, you know, in their defense, it's like their job is to make people want to watch the show. And so they obviously have to kind of do their editing magic to tell, to tell that story. Um, So, you know, that is a little odd where you're like, well, I know they can, they can manipulate this story to go however they want and Mm -hmm. kind of way all of your like rights. But um, overall, our experience was awesome. We didn't get a deal and it was still like an amazing experience. Um, And I, I would do it again. I wouldn't want to do it again because I don't want to throw up all over myself again, but if you needed to yeah well and you're ob- even though you didn't get a deal you're obviously doing fine and your company's right. doing great <laughs> yeah and I honestly it was a really fun like it ended up being kind of like a a cool like rally cry in our community because the main critique that the sharks had for us was basically like why are you doing all of this with like your business model blah 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 just like get rich and then you can just like give money away to people And it was kind of disheartening to us because we were like, have you literally heard anything that we've said in this entire pitch? Like creating jobs and we want this to be a partnership and for it to be, you know, like dignified, whatever. And, um, but so it was, it was kind of demoralizing, Mm -hmm. but then our community like really rallied and our whole community was just like, we don't want those sharks anyway. Like that's not (laughs) how we think about business and doing good in the world. And yeah, uh, so that was like, that was, it was pretty fun. Awesome. That's so funny. Well, that's, I'll have to tell my husband because we do watch Shark Tank every week. I'm like, you know, this is really like an hour long for these people. Yeah. <laughs> and I think some people, it's not always, I think sometimes it's like two hours long and then sometimes it's like, oh 10 my gosh. it really depends on the, it depends on the pitch. I actually had a, so we were on, I don't even know when, 2015. It was so long ago. And I watched the show oh. all the time before we were on. Mm-hmm. And I, never been able to watch it since it's because oh. it's just I don't know it's like, like PTSD and I was yeah. taking a flight home from I was on my way back from Uganda and I was just bored out of my mind and trying so hard to stay awake and so I watched a couple of episodes and it was really fun I was like okay I think four years out I, I enough time that I can you watch healed it. but I still have never seen our episode well oh, I really saw- yeah, I saw it at our launch party, but we had like 100 people at our office and it was like loud and mm-hmm. we were like watching it, but there was like a lot of people in distraction. I've never just on my own watched the episode. I just have no interest. I'm like, I know I'll yeah. just sit there and like pick myself apart yeah. and be mad yeah. at myself or mad at them. And I'm just like, nope, I'm just not worth my energy. But it is kind of weird that so many people reference it and have seen it multiple times. And I'm like, oh, was it good? I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was great. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Liz, we know you are busy, so we'll wrap up with just a few more questions. So if someone's interested in just finding more information about Seiko or you, where should they go? You can find us at SeikoDesigns.com. So that's S-S-E-K-O Designs.com. And then you can find us on all the social channels also as um, Seiko Designs. And um, I am, I'm mainly most active on Instagram. So if you want to connect with me personally, feel free to connect with me over just at Liz Bohannon on Instagram. And I would love to hear from you. And we love asking our guests this as well. What's something you do um, to take care of yourself? I invest heavily in um, 
community in female community mm-hmm. specifically. I'm just like yeah. very, very committed to no kid adult time with um, women that I'm really committed to. And yeah. that has been a super healthy part every week, like do or die eight o'clock at night on Wednesday night. I'm with my girlfriends. If I'm Aww. traveling, they FaceTime me in. Um, I'm in the midst of planning a retreat right now with like my six best, best, best friends from college. And we have met in person, all of us every year since we graduated from college. And that was over 10 wow. years ago. So that is so neat. really hard to say, like just making that a huge commitment. Um, and it's not necessarily like quote unquote me time because I'm with other people, but it really is. Right. It's a way for me to stay healthy as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as a mom. Um, I find community and female friendships to be hugely important in that. Oh, I love that. That That's awesome that you guys like make that weekly commitment and that you're going to go on a retreat anywhere warm or fun. They're actually all, they're from all over the country and they're coming to Portland, which I'm oh, so excited okay. about. Yeah. So very excited to, to host them in my neck of the woods this year. Oh, that'll be fun. Well, Liz, thank you so much for taking the time to um, come on today and to just share with us more about Seiko. I I'm so excited to try all the different ways I can wear my ribbons. <laughs> I, did, I did. I think it's called the Bohannon best. Oh, well, or, best. <laughs> yeah. So I watched that video because on your website, it has like all that like video tutorials. Yeah. And that's what I need to like learn how to make the different ways. So we appreciate it. And we love what you're doing and are excited to support your company. I mean, it's Thanks just amazing. So much, guys, I really appreciate being on here and definitely make sure you take some fun snaps of your sandals and tag us so we can see all of your, your beautiful creations. I and if will. you're interested in earning more free product, like having yeah. your eye on that convertible toad or something, you hit me up and we'll talk about hosting a trunk show. Um, and we'll oh, get you connected okay. with a fellow in your area and you can earn lots of product credit towards your next Faco purchase. So, All right. Thanks, well, Liz. Thank you so much, Liz. Great to connect. Bye, guys. Bye. We are so glad we had the opportunity to sit down and chat with Liz Bohannon from Seiko Designs. If you would like to follow her, you can follow her on social media at Liz Bohannon or her company's page, Seiko Designs. And you can also check out their website, SeikoDesigns.com. That's S-S-E-K-O Designs.com. And not only do they sell those amazing sandals that have those interchangeable ribbons, but they also offer different bags, clothing, other footwear, jewelry, accessories, and more. So go check them out. It's a great website. And if you need to give a gift or would you like to treat yourself, then I would suggest you getting on the website right now. Thank you so much, Liz, for the opportunity to share your story. We hope you all enjoyed and please subscribe below. Bye.